one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. The only compliance we'll ever ask of you is could you go ahead and hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. Also, I've set up a channel membership just in case you want to show your support and help keep story time going for as long as possible. So if you love my videos or want to have your comments shown like this one by Phantasm, click the join button below this video. That said, our first story of the day is by PNGKUNT, a story from Oman. I helped HR move someone along. Omani nationals have major labor law protections, particularly if they work in oil and gas, one of the major industries there. I was posted to Oman for a project and discovered that a very small number of the locals use this protection for their own benefit. They basically slack off, claim they need to go to funerals for endless ants, claim the wadi is flooded and basically avoided work. Because of the labor law, you can't fire them without a court case on your hands. And foreign companies don't want to go in front of an Omani magistrate. It was common for fired Omani nationals to be paid out years of severance as a penalty to their bad foreign bosses. If they resigned, this was not the case. When I got to Muscat, I discovered we had inherited one of these clowns. He was doing it all and unfortunately was also technically incompetent. I spoke to HR and they said, we can't do anything. I asked for a copy of the HR law for Oman and read it. I then spoke to the chap in question and discovered he was interested in training and travel to the USA to our HQ. Now, one thing, no one there liked field work, they avoided it like the plague. But this chap agreed he would do the field work first if he could go to the States after. HR witnessed this. Two things then happened. Under Oman labor law, we were allowed to sign field text to the field only on an equal time basis. For every day in the field, one day in the office. For a contiguous period, provided it was equal time within the year. HR said, oh it's customary, no more than two weeks. I asked if this was in his contract, and they said no. I then said, okay, I'm assigning this chap to 180 days in the field, so we can then send him to the USA for 180 days. HR looked at me as though I was mad, but I insisted it was legal. They double checked and said, okay, seems legal. I told the chap the next day he came in, since you agreed to go to the USA, we're sending you for six months. However, you need to go to the field for six months, leaving tomorrow to a nasty desert camp. He resigned on the spot. HR came in and privately congratulated me. Turned out they'd been trying to get rid of the chap for five years. Where's the malicious compliance? I complied completely to the letter of the law in a malicious manner. I think the best thing about this is we all agree that somebody who's slacking off or trying to get out of work, the most satisfying thing you could do was make them liable for doing way more work or the hardest work. OP complied and found a loophole that basically made this person liable for six months of working in a desert field finally got the dude in a corner so bad that he was like, okay, you know what? I quit. I'm out. I'm done. You got me. If you moved to a company and you saw all these people slacking off and lying to get out of work, 
Would you do your best to find a legal loophole to finally get rid of those people? Or do you think there's a level of respect for managing to get in such a good position to begin with? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by Afra996, Radio Gaga. Ring structure for context, we have two sections in the warehouse. Peter runs the top end, and Greg runs my end. Both have a 2IC. Dean is the manager for the whole warehouse. We communicate with handhold radios across the warehouse. Occasionally, I would make funny noises over the radio or play little jokes. For example, if someone was asking to borrow a forklift, I would get on the radio and respond with, No, leave me alone. Or when someone was asking who has such and such forklift, I would respond with, Yo mama. Relatively harmless stuff. This apparently made Peter's blood boil. He warned me that he would go to Dean if it continued, so I stopped and had intended for that to be the end of it. The following morning, Dean tracked me down and had a chat with me about it anyway. I found out from somebody else that Peter had already gone to Dean before I was even warned. That pissed me off a bit, so I decided to maliciously comply with the instructions I was given from Dean. Dean's exact words were, I don't mind if you have a bit of a joke every now and then towards the end of the day if there's no customers around. So although I had intended to stop entirely, I now had an exact set of rules to follow if I wished to continue. So past 5 o'clock, if no customers are around, I've been telling awful dad jokes and making fart noises over the radio. Peter tried to reprimand me on the first few instances, to which I reiterated what Dean had told me. For the past week and a bit, I've been happily joking away, knowing that Peter can do nothing about it and it makes him very angry. Sorry Peter, you dug your own grave. Honestly, if what you're doing is hard, it's taxing, it's not the best job in the world, I can understand Peter getting upset over the yo mama jokes over the radio or whatever. But I agree with OP that it's a jerk move to say, if you keep it up, I'm gonna report you to Dean, after you've already reported them to Dean. I get they're annoyed, but like, I don't know, chill out. Our next story is by Dangoy. Write a review even if I don't want to? Okay. So we recently ordered an item online. Most of the reviews on their site are really good and speaks of the quality of the items they ordered. When I received the item, there was an issue on the packaging as the delivery man does not want to release it to me because the seller made two packages for my items instead of just one. When I told them I'll just have it returned or refunded, they reluctantly agreed to give it to me. The delivery man told me the seller should have just made one package instead of two, although they sorted it out on their end. I finally received my item and haven't got to unwrapping it when I receive a chat, text, and call asking me to write a review for their goods. Now, I usually write a review only if I already check the item, which in this case I still have not. The seller bombarded me with requests to write a review. I was getting annoyed at this point as I already informed them that I haven't opened it yet. They told me I should be giving a review at this time since I've received the package. Cue malicious compliance. You want me to write a review? I wrote a lengthy one, saying that the seller has incorrectly made two packages instead of one, which resulted in an issue of it being released to me. I also noted that they kept on pestering me to write a review, even if I haven't checked the items yet, and that it would have been better if they'll just wait for the review to be given instead of asking for a 5-star review. The overall item is good, but not worth the hype, and buyers will be wasting money on it. It's been two weeks and I'm receiving an email from the seller asking me to take down my review. All other correspondence is left unread or deleted. 
So this guy caused issues and then pestered you to do something that you didn't want to do because you haven't had a chance to review the item you're supposed to review. I'd keep that negative review up and just try to block them however I can. They deserve that red mark. This next story is by Catlover143. Take away my overtime? Okay. I was offered a terrible salary and promotion to a job I was already doing, through increased responsibility by being a good employee with great job performance. I turned it down. I wasn't allowed to negotiate either, which I still did. Screw that rule. The counteroffer was still far less than median, which was the lowest I would go as I did a good job. It doesn't look good when employees refuse promotions and near every manager in the company knows me. I'm the supply guy after all. So they tried taking my overtime away. They had to be gunning after my pride and performance and not wanting to be fired. To note, I live a simple life and I don't care for the money, but my friends in the company are in similar positions and have families and need the money. I can get another job easy enough that pays enough for me to live off of. I turned it down because it's not a lot of money to a big company and I don't want to fuel mistreatment of its employees, my friends. I complied with no more overtime, but I told them I needed the overtime to do a good job. As a supply guy for a large company, I order millions of dollars of supplies throughout the year. I didn't have time to negotiate big orders anymore. HR didn't care and my director boss didn't think I'd let my performance drop. I started doing bare minimum within my HR provided copy and paste job description and only 8 hour days. I sucked. I did the role above my job title to begin with, but they would never acknowledge this or they'd have to pay me for it. So now I was spending $20,000 plus more a month than I used to. Boss knew, but what could he do? He messed up. I'm the only person in the company with knowledge that can only be gained through experience to do the job. I'm also critical to many operations. This is small figures to a large company, and it's not like my boss in HR would tell people they messed up in my handling. He also spent the personnel budget on hiring his friend to be a director, so I heard later. So I stuck around until I had trained a replacement since I didn't want to leave on a bad note, since my great friends I made in the company are managers I worked with daily for years. So then I left. It would be a bad story if this was all. When I left, a lot of people were curious why. My friends, near every manager, weren't afraid to talk as my boss wasn't their boss. Without going into detail, I'm popular in my company for lower level workers. I've saved the day a few times and do all I can to make their job easier. Due to other complaints with HR and poor pay, me leaving fueled their discontent further to a noticeable performance level. This prompted an unofficial investigation by other directors. Our COO was the likely core of the problem. He hired my boss, his friend, and had a say in the HR director's hiring. Other directors soon drove them out as it's hard to like a job when your employees and coworkers hate you. The HR director still works there and causes problems, but she no longer has a say in pay levels. A few managers and good employees got raises. There's still a lack of base pay though if you ask me. Overall, I like to think I had a key role to play, as I knew a few directors on a personal level. I'm back at college after dropping out the first time for medical reasons, and still talk to my friends at the company regularly. For belief this isn't made up since I'm not entirely detached from society, this isn't your regular big company, it grew rapidly in the last 5 years, and many directors were promoted up and still busy fighting the corporate mindset takeover from what I hear. That line of working is definitely a very unsustainable model, 
The pay wasn't good to begin with, and they expect people to keep working overtime and putting in the hours to keep raising profits. They start handing off ample jobs to lower people who aren't supposed to be doing those jobs to begin with. And then once those people say, I'm overworked, I deserve more money, can I have a raise? They say something like, oh, it's not in the budget, oh, I'm sorry, we can't do that right now with where the company is, we can give you a promotion. And that sucks because if you're not getting a noticeable pay bump, you're just getting more responsibility and still being paid absolutely nothing. They're basically saying, sorry, we can't pay you anymore, but would you like to take on even more responsibility? It's like, no, that's kind of the opposite of what I want. And our final story of the day is by Andy K2. Dear flatmate, I'll follow your instructions to the letter. I live in France, but I come from another European country. One of my flatmates, let's call him Pierre, can be hard to deal with. He spent around one year abroad working, and thus he considers his English skills nearly impeccable. To be fair, his English is okay, but far from flawless. This will be important later. In addition to this, one of his worst traits is that sometimes he seems to have an urge to correct any teeny tiny imperfection in your statements. I guess just to show that you're wrong and he knows better. An example, I say, New Zealand's on the opposite side of the world. Pierre says, well, technically on the other side of the world, there's water. New Zealand's on the opposite side from Spain, not France. Discussion not quoted verbatim, but should give the idea. One specific episode, leading to malicious compliance, left me with a bad taste in my mouth. I was going to do a very simple hike with some friends, and he stopped me while I was putting my running shoes on, almost ready to exit. Pierre says, oh, hello, where are you going? I say, I'm doing an easy hike nearby with some friends. Wanna join? Pierre says, nah, I don't have running shoes. I'll buy some and join you next week. I say, ah, okay, but be careful, because next week we're planning to go hiking in the Alps. You might want to consider buying trekking shoes, not running shoes. Pierre says, well, the Alps where? You know, they extend from southern France to Austria. He had a grin on his face as if to say, I gotcha. His response got me in the wrong way, and I rudely yelled back something in the likes of, Oh, come on, you know what I mean. It must be noted that we live approximately one hour away from the Alps. And while, yes, the Alps are huge and range from France to Slovenia, his remark was undoubtedly unnecessary. I exited the flat huffing and went looking for my car. On the way there, I thought that maybe I was too harsh with him. I texted him in English since the conversation above he addressed to me using it rather than French. My message was, hey, sorry for my reaction before, I didn't like your comment, but I should have responded more calmly. He answered back with, haha, it's okay, bro, just remember that I'm an accountant and you must be precise with me. Unfortunately, I'm a little touchy and him not apologizing at all made me go in bitter mode. A few days later, I was still salty and I received a message from Pierre in English. The message said, Hi, can you put a beer on the fridge for tonight? I read it once again, and a voice in my head whispered part of the message he sent me a few days before, you must be precise with me. So I grabbed a bottle of his beers and placed it on top of our fridge. He must have forgotten his request because he didn't ask me about the beer, and a few months later, the bottle was still up there, visible only by climbing on a chair. At least I had a good laugh showing it to every friend coming to visit me. I get the whole, I'm an accountant, you need to be precise with me, but in all honesty, I feel like anybody whose brand is just 
Well, where? They extend from southern France to Austria, you know. Would probably get old for almost anybody. And annoying when you just want an answer. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.